of Yahweh, your grace and mercy for yet another day, allowing me to enter your treasure house, to enter your treasury, to take from the shelves, to share. And then again, it's just replenished. So much fills your treasury, Father God. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity and blessing me that way so that I can bless others and share with they that have an ear to let them hear and to shake the scales from their eyes so that they can have spiritual eyesight and see around them the things that are going on that they can see and understand the truth courage and boldness to stand upright in your word, not to step down in cowardice, step aside in compromise, not apologizing for sharing your truth, your knowledge and your wisdom, and not surrendering, not confrontational, but standing upright in bold, righteous truth, Father God. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Baraklitos, Aman. <clears throat> And there it is, brothers and sisters, that we are bold, stand upright. We speak the righteous truth. I declare the truth according to God, my Father. My degree comes from Him. And if you're offended by things that are said or the way I say it, well, that's unfortunate. Get a device and take out that clog that's there and listen to the word, the truth that's shared. I'm not going to apologize for speaking from God's word. I'm not going to compromise by saying, well, maybe the Lord meant to say it this way, or I should have said it. If it comes from the word of God and it says it is a certain thing, it is a certain thing, and I will speak that way. And Offense is an unfortunate thing. But here, let's look at something here, shall we? Matthew chapter 18. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. So if someone is purposefully being offensive and saying things to spark that and to cause the stumbling blocks, then it will be a not good thing for that individual. But the individual that speaks the truth, righteous truth, and speaks in righteous indignation and stands boldly upright for the word of God, the truth, and the righteous wisdom that is given from God and there are those that still seek offense from it, then that is on them and not on the individual that brings the righteous truth. The Sanhedrin were offended by Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ spoke boldly, righteously, and his righteous anger, his righteous indignation was grounded in truth the knowledge and wisdom of his oh, his father, his heavenly father, which he is part of. And as he told them, you claim to know the scriptures, you claim to know the father and the truth, but you don't know the truth as it stands right before you. 
oh, they called him a blasphemer. They called him all sorts of things. And then they took him to the cross and they crucified him. And yet Jesus Christ cried out to his father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Brothers and sisters, there are many that will be offended by anything and everything that is said. They will, they're looking for a reason to be offended. Brothers and sisters, I look around me in the world today and I see this constantly, constantly. Mammon is looking for a reason to be offended about something. It could be about anything at all. If you don't agree with them and don't agree with their particular tenets and and follow their ideals and their ideology, then they're offended and they can do some very nasty things. But it's a good thing, and I pray for the strength for this, for you, myself, to be bold, upright in the word of God. We need to be bold and upright in the word of God. And we need to be not stepping down or stepping aside. Stepping down is cowardly. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. Well, I'm sorry in a different way, but not apologetically wise that, that one of my my teachers was um, sharing someone that he had known for, oh goodness gracious, now I forget what he said, 12, 15 years. It was a long time. The man was a, was a teacher, a pastor. And then just all of a sudden, I can't do this anymore. Wait a minute, what do you mean you can't do this? What are you talking about? And he quit. He quit preaching. He quit going to church. Okay, so this goes back. Let's let's digress a little bit to those that were uh, being offended by certain things that are being shared and saying that um, that a uh, line of this uh, sharing of the word and it couldn't happen that way and that if it happened that way, then that they're saying that Jesus Christ isn't enough for redemption. And and they were twisting, manipulating and twisting everything around. What they were doing is they were perverting a translation, translation of the word. And because it didn't agree with something that they were saying, they twisted and manipulated the wording. And that, brothers and sisters, is perversion. They were perverting the word and the truth because it wasn't exactly the way they say or they believe that it should be said. Well, guess what? That happens. Translations are not exactly the same. You have the King James Version. You have the New King James Version. You have the International Version. You have all these things. It's a translation that might change the exact wording, <clears throat> definitions are meaning the same, but it's something that other people can understand and it's sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth. And sometimes there are those translations that allow an interpolation, okay? Interpolation, for those that may not know what that means, it means uh, a reading between the lines to be better illustrative. So 
There are things that are in and written in the Bible that are inferred or implied, but then there's nothing further expounding on what it's, it was just talking about. So there is interpolation. Read kind of between the lines and figure out what was happening for the in-between. Case in point, I fully enjoy and love and have already, now I'm going to do kind of a sponsorship thing. I'm not getting paid for this, but I, I believe that God allows it to be done because it's his word and I've already prayed over it and prayed about it and he is allowing it. So I watch a program called The Chosen. I love it because it makes it very real for me that you can see and share and be in situations what's going on. The Bible doesn't speak specifically, but Jesus Christ walked away from the disciples many times and was gone for days at a time. The Bible does not speak specifically to what he was doing when he was gone, or it does not speak specifically to what the disciples were doing when he was gone. And what was being done, you had uh, Salome, the Egyptian woman that came and joined the group. You had Mary, and you have Rena, and you have some women that followed the group that tended to the, to the men and fed them. But culturally, you have to understand that women were not as well received. This is why in the feeding of the multitude, they only counted the heads of the men. They didn't count the women and the children, which is why I did the multiplication with you and shared with you before that the actual feeding of what is said to be the 5,000 was actually 40,000 because of the wives. And then you multiply the number of children that the average household had and the number of people that were fed was closer to 40,000 people that were fed on that day on the mountainside with a lunch from a small child. And there are people that get offended by that. People get offended by the interpolation that's being done by this. But yet, they're not offended by the absolute despicable tendencies that come out of Hippocrawood. They make movies about the Bible that are not even close to biblically accurate. So, brothers and sisters, they that seek offense shall find offense. I'm certain that there are those out there. I am I'm so certain that there are those that might listen to this podcast and then they're getting offended by the way I talk. When I say things like, get your knickers in a twist, oh, I'm so offended by that. Who does he think he is to talk to us that way? Who is he to share that? Well, brothers and sisters, I'm a real live person. I'm an old school person. And all that means is that when you get something twisted in a knot and you sit on it, it makes you uncomfortable. That's what that translates to, okay? So don't get into an uncomfortable position because of your thought process. Listen and hear the words and don't become offended by what you hear, but seek the truth and the knowledge behind it. The words of truth and knowledge and wisdom comes from my Father God above who signed my credentials. He signed my credentials. I don't need to go to an earthly university and have my degree. 
I would like to have that, but I don't need to go get that. God has authorized and shared with me, and he also has and shared with me that that translation of that programming that I shared with you, I do a thing with them called pay it forward so that every person is able to view, hear the word of God freely if they choose to do so. Individuals got offended because they're they're declaring, oh, what, the redemption of Jesus Christ isn't good enough and sharing these things. However, they speak out of turn. It's not righteous indignation. It's selfish indignation. And it's indignation of mammon, not of God, not righteous, not biblical. And they're not even paying attention to what the Bible speaks. Jesus is our redeeming Savior. He came to save us. However, what they fail to remember, what the Bible tells us, is that we were made with a free will choice. God prefers that we choose to believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and that we choose to have faith in him and that we choose to walk and follow the guidance and teaching of the Holy Spirit. That's what God desires because then that makes it real love. Doesn't make it robotic. However, there are those that choose to follow the teachings of mammon. How, <clears throat> pardon me, how easy it was for the Sanhedrin, the pharisaical leadership, to get the crowd stirred up when they were getting ready to crucify Jesus Christ. Pontius Pilate, the regional governor of the times, said, I find no fault in this man. There was nothing, according to the Roman law, that found him guilty enough to crucify him. Nothing that Jesus said or did was enough to crucify him. So he said, I'll beat him up and I'll let him go. Oh, no, that was not good for the... And and they complained about the tyrannical leadership of the Romans. Let me tell you this. That subterfuge, the tyrannical leadership of the Sanhedrin, they cried out, and they had those that were in the crowd that had just not long before were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us, we pray. Praise your name. Oh, Lord, thank you for coming. And then they're in the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. And the Sanhedrin had stirred them up. How fickle is that? Brothers and sisters, the word says that man has a choice. Mammon can choose. They either choose to be offended, they choose to seek the truth, they choose to love one another, or they choose 
to trip on the stumbling blocks that are put out there. And here's the other truth, is that you can backslide, you can go into prodigal living even after you have been redeemed. It is possible. If you choose to follow lies and the pandering of mammon, if you choose to go that direction, you can backslide. This is what Jesus Christ is talking about when he talks about leaving the 99 and going after the one. It's talking about backsliding individuals, leaving the home, leaving the flock. The prodigal son was already home. He was already redeemed. He was already saved. He was being fed and nurtured. But he said, you know what? I want to go on my own and I want to live my way. He wasn't singing Frank Sinatra. He was just going to do it his way. And his way was to not spend wisely. He was in orgies. He was drinking to drunkenness. He was throwing money away to those that claimed to be his friend, but only his friend as long as he had money. <coughs> Pardon me. And what happened to those friends when he was starving and lying with the swine just for a place to be sheltered underneath their little cover and warmth and eating from their trough because he was starving to death. Where were those friends that were with him as long as he had money? Brothers and sisters, that is the parable of the prodigal son. We are home in a matter of speaking not home in heaven where our real home is. The kingdom of heaven is our home. But our home where our heart is, where it should be, being nurtured in the house of God, worship in the word, in the truth, the knowledge and wisdom that is shared to us by God, our Father, and the Holy Spirit guiding us, our steps, And the leaving the one, the 99 to go find the one. It's the same story, brothers and sisters. The good shepherd will leave the flock under the care of his helper because he knows that they'll be safe. But the one that wandered off, he's concerned about. He's worried about. Will it fall prey to the wolves? So he goes after that one sheep. The one that walked away the one that is out in the world and about, and the one that may fall prey to bring them back. The backslider, the one that leaves the flock, the backslider, the one who was redeemed and now gave it up to go back into the world. The good shepherd comes for you. Open your eyes and see with spiritual sight what the word says and open your ears to spiritual words and listening so that you can hear when the Holy Spirit is trying to teach and God speaks because God will speak through his word. I've shared with you already, brothers and sisters, that God works in a mysterious way. He will use somebody walking around the corner of a building you haven't seen for 
years, or as is the case with my coworker, we were talking about Jesus Christ, the gospel, and this woman came and, and apologized for interrupting our conversation, but cried, and she was literally crying, weeping water from her eyes, tears. And she said, I've been praying. I needed to hear what you were talking about. I needed to hear that. I was so blessed. My brother was so blessed. Here's the thing, we're both two different colors. I'm a very pale American Indian, Native American, and he is a very dark black man. But what were we, what were we speaking of? We were speaking in unity, speaking from the same scripture and understanding that God and Jesus Christ is ours and that we have the ability to be and study his word. She needed to hear what we were talking about, brothers and sisters, and she wept. She pulled her mask down off of her face, which is, never mind, I don't want to get into that. She pulled her mask down, and she was weeping, crying, and she said she needed to hear. She'd been praying for a word. We delivered that word. I was taking him back to our office area and going to drop him off and he was done with his work day and I was in the midst of mine. Brothers and sisters, God works in mysterious ways and he uses. Individuals might become offended by the fact that I call him the greatest recycler. Think about it. Get in a word and before you start spewing off tripe, Listen and go into the word and see what's spoken. He makes things new. He mends broken hearts. He fixes relationships. He takes things that are broken. He makes them and rebuilds them and sends them back out. He is the potter. I am the clay. If I crack or I break, he puts me on the wheel and he mends me, heals me, and makes me whole again. If that's not recycling, then maybe a different definition needs to be made for that word. But God is a recycler. He does. He's going to make everything new. When Lord Jesus Christ comes down, the Lion of the tribe of Judah returns. The Son of Man comes back to this place, this plane of existence. And then comes the new Jerusalem. And this world is purged of its filth and nastiness. And it's made new. The rivers and streams will not, no longer have broken glass and beer bottles and styrofoam containers and dirty diapers and nastiness. And areas will actually be crystal clear. And there will be fish in them. There's a place that we used to go to as, as I was a, a young child and we used to go, it used to be called Paradise. <laughs> yeah. And actually used to go up and do uh, jump off the rock sides into the stream and it had a nice deep pool. I had to be careful going ahead first. People do that and they got silly. They were showing out and there had been some serious accidents. There. But the point that I'm alluding to is that the stream was clear. It was clean. You could actually, even in the swimming hole, when it was common, people took a lunch break and weren't jumping in there carousing, you could actually see the fish that were swimming in the stream. And there was always water there. And then 
when I happened to be in the area one time, I think three, four years ago, maybe. So this place that I grew up around and, and had been and visited a number of times was so filthy, nasty. There were broken bottles in the stream. There were dirty diapers that you could see that had soaked up and sunk to the bottom that were all along the, the edge of the river. And there were broken styrofoam containers that were floating and just left. Nobody was picking anything up. Nobody picked anything up. Changed the diaper or took it off the child that was in the stream swimming with it and just took it off and threw it out there. Didn't take it and put it in the trash. Nothing that was nasty and filthy. And it's all over the world that way. The whole world is getting that way. Every day I go to areas and uh, go around areas and, and they're just so nasty. My heart breaks when I see this. My heart breaks when I see the folks that are out there without a place to be and that the government keeps taxing deeper and deeper and harder and harder. And yet they live in, in gated communities. They have private security and they have no issues. Yet they, they, they lie to the public and say, oh, we're all in this together. No, they're not. And yet I pray for them because that's what the Bible says that we must do. They can repent. The possibility of repentance is there and it's real and it's offered to them just like it is to anyone else. <clears throat> the scripture tells us, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, not that God so loved the blacks, not so, that God so loved the whites, not so, that God so loved the Asians, the Indians. It didn't say that. It says, for God so loved the world, the world, which includes every single man, woman, and child, the opportunity to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, to have faith in God, and have the Holy Spirit guide your steps as you walk. Everyone has the opportunity. And this is why I am about my father's business, which is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of God, my father, Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made. And in the depths of the shadows and in the depths of the darkness and the walks when we are so becoming discouraged, go back to Hagar. Adonai Roy, my God who sees me. On the mountaintops that God has helped you attain, to the deepest, darkest valleys that you have walked into, lift your eyes to heaven because God sees you there. Adonai Roy, God who sees me. God does not sleep, nor does he slumber. And you say, well, what is the difference? The difference is that God doesn't sleep. He doesn't go to sleep. He's always watchful. He didn't slumber. He didn't sit on the side with a cup of tea and start getting naughty off in the, in the warm sun. Not really sleeping, but not napping, just sort of closing the eye. He doesn't do that. God is ever watchful. The scripture tells us that he does not sleep, nor does he slumber. He's always watching. And we have protectors. 
And sometimes those protectors are standing. Why? Because no one calls out to them. No one talks to God. No one is calling out. So they stand around. I talk to God often. I forget sometimes to go. And (laughs) he does not hesitate to scold me, which is a good thing. I tend to try something very trivial. And the day I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters, very trivial. And the devil wants you to believe that God doesn't want to hear that. You don't have to cry out to God for help and that little thing because it's so small and God is so big. He created the whole universe. God is too busy to help you with this little mundane task. Not so. That is not truth. And that is not true. The scripture says that God is our good father and he wants us to talk to him and talk to him about everything. Everything. It doesn't say everything except. It doesn't say talk talk to him about all things except. There is no exception. When it says everything, that means everything. Even the things that we may believe are mundane or that the devil tries to get us to believe are mundane. You have a little small screw and you're trying to use an electric screwdriver and trying to do it because it has magnetic tape. But every time you put it up there, the surface is a little hard. You turn it on and it spins and the screw goes flying somewhere. Every single time that you try to do that. Too trivial for God, too mundane. If you believe in God, God, can you put your hand on my hand and illuminate my thoughts and share with me what I should do? He doesn't mind that you do that. He's our good, good father. And I try to remember to do that. I went in, I was working on an electric panel last night, as a matter of fact. And what did God do? He told me, silly son, you forgot about this. Brought me out and put my hand right on what I should have done. (laughs) But I was trying to do it on my own. It wasn't working. But I don't want to become agitated. I don't want to become upset about the situation because it's not big enough to allow that to happen. So I'm like, forgive me, Father, that I'm doing this on my own. And then he talks to me. He talks to me and he guides me through. Brothers and sisters, God is our good, good Father. He is our good, good father. And he will guide us through things. He will speak to us. He does speak to us. Do not hearken to the white noise of the enemy. And the enemy will deliver that white noise any way he can. Just like God's mystery that God will deliver a word by a person walking around a building, an advertisement in a magazine or on the television or a radio program that might be being broadcast from an appliance store and that you tune in to fiddle around with a stereo, boom, there's a word that you needed to hear that God was delivering to you and that you had been praying about. And there it is. That is the mystery of God is that he can use and manipulate anything to get a word to you. He is not only a great recycler, but he's the postmaster general of all things. He uses delivery by any way, shape, or means that you are carrying a message for somebody or that his angelic messengers are carrying. He dispatches them as Gabriel came to Mary and Elizabeth and spoke with John the Baptist 
And then you have the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, David, they were speaking prophetic word over the birth of Christ and the coming of the Lord King, Jesus Christ, 700 years before his birth. It was written of a virgin child born. It spoke of Bethlehem. And that short little poem that I wrote, I'm certain offended some people because it wasn't all the fluffy white snow falling down Merry Christmas thing. What I did share was the absolute truth. The Magi came, they knelt down, they delivered their gifts, and they beheld the only begotten Son of God who was delivered of a virgin birth by a young child, Mary. Born in a stable, laid in a manger, the prophets of old that the Magi read of, that he would be found wrapped in swaddling cloth. Swelling cloth was used for the delivery of small lambs and the small animals to clean them. They were covered in blood when they were born. Jesus Christ did not come out. <laughs> As so many people declare this thing, <laughs> they call the Immaculate Conception. Well, if you read the definitions of Immaculate, it means very clean and and in perfect, perfect appearance. Well, Jesus Christ was covered in birth fluids. He was born as a man, born as a mammon child, came into this world humbly, stepped aside, was delivered that way. He was cleaned by his mother and his father, wrapped in the swaddling clothes to help keep him warm. And he was wrapped and laid in a manger, a feeding trough, for animals is where he was laid. And when the Magi came to Bethlehem, this is where they found our Lord Jesus Christ, the newborn king. And did they look around in astonishment, in wonder, and saying, this is the king? No. What did they do? They laid the frankincense, the myrrh, and the gold before him. They knelt down and they took off their crowns because they were of royal heritage. They removed their crowns and they bowed before the newborn king. He who was declared the savior of the world, the king of kings. And they recognized because they believed the word of the prophets. And they had followed their charts and followed the star that was placed in the sky by the love of God and brought them to his son. And the shepherds that came to honor and then went to share the truth. People must know. They must be told. And they attempted to share the word, and there were those that would listen by choice. Remember, brothers and sisters, we are free will choice creatures that God created, and he created us that way for a purpose. And that purpose is that the love that we share and we give 
because we choose to do so is much more powerful, much more powerful. We should love one another because we choose to do so. Also because God desires that and God tells us that we must love one another. We must pray for one another. We must uplift one another, encourage one another. This is what we need to do, brothers and sisters. We need to lift each other up. A prophetic word from Isaiah, chapter 22, 22. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. David had an individual, and they called him the keepers of the kings of the kingdom. Of all the important entries and exits that were in and around the house of the king, the keeper of the keys, he was able to lock them, shut them, close them, and none can open except the keeper of the keys. And when it was time to close and he said close, they closed. And there was no talking him into keeping them open. But he's talking about Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came and he wrested the keys from Satan, he took them. He didn't wrestle with him. He wrested the keys from him, which means he reached out his hand, took hold of the key ring, and he just pulled them back. And he said, these are mine. You do not have authority any longer. These are mine. I am the authority. The authority, the keys of the kingdom, the keys to the pathway of death. There's no door there now. There used to be a door. People were frightened of death. People were afraid. There are still people that are afraid to die. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You are my Lord God. You are my Adonai Eroi. You are Yapha, Yahweh. Maker of all things made. The valley of the shadow of death has no gateway, no doorway any longer. The geologic formation of a valley is open on both ends. You can enter and you can exit. But fear nothing because God promises that he is with us all the time. Hagar declared it when she was in the midst of a hurtful situation. Adonai, Eroi, the sovereign God who sees me. Yahweh, the great I am. Jehovah Jireh, Lord Provider. 
And the thing that we have to remember, Father God, thank you. Help me deliver this, your truth. Some things that we need to remember too, those that are fearful of death. And that God's man in the center of God's will is immortal until God is finished with him. Not according to mammon, not according to what others say, but when God is finished. I am about my father's business. And what I firmly believe is that until God says I'm finished, I'm immortal. Sounds kind of arrogant. Nope, just confidence. Not arrogance at all, because I don't walk around and I don't walk out into the street daring someone to run over me. See, that, brothers and sisters, is uh, when the word says, thou shall not tempt thy Lord thy God. That means you don't go up to the top of a skyscraper and jump off and say, that's okay, God's got me. God's got this. You don't live foolishly and test and tempt the love of God. You have faith in the love of God. My faith in God is that he does keep me. He does guide me, but not to go out and purposely try to find something that is harmful just so I can prove to somebody else that I'm right. That's foolishness. But God does keep me, and I am kept in his care until he decides I'm finished. And when he decides, then I get to go home. I get to go home and know and believe this too, brothers and sisters. These are some notes I've written down. Is that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God and God, knows the worst about me, but loves and cares the best for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, not any specific one color tonation or one faction, but whosoever will believe shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you think that God didn't know what everyone was about? Despite hatred one for another, that the Jews were against the Samaritans and the Samaritans against the Jews. And the Gentiles who were running around and running amok and doing their orgies and their blasphemous things that they were teaching and sharing, but that they decided to change their heart and become faithful to God the Father and believe that Jesus came for them. Brothers and sisters, that is the life that I desire in my heart that we all lead and believe in. Psalm 31, share a short, in thee, Lord, do I put my trust. And in part, Matthew 5, 33 through 37, forswear nothing. Don't swear an oath. Don't swear by God. Don't swear over anything at all. 
That's not appropriate teaching. Simply let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. If you say yes, hold on to that truth. If you say no, hold on to that truth. You don't have to say and swear an oath by God the Father. That's not what his name is for. That's not what his name is for. Do not swear an oath by the name of the Father God, the maker of all things made. You hear a lot of people say, oh, no, I swear to God it happened that way. No, that is not appropriate. And the Bible says that that's not appropriate. So don't do things like that. Simply be of good word and have a reputation of being truthful. Pretty simple. Brothers and sisters, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Pretty profound, actually. I love you. Be blessed. And again, I pray for you on my going out and my coming in, brothers and sisters. You are in my prayers for your strength and your uprightness and your boldness to be encouraged to share the truth of the gospel.